Greetings, adventure. Welcome to the D20 Academy podcast. I'm your host, Shell Kaneshiro, and you're listening to episode 26, Class Spotlight on the Fighter. Hey guys, welcome to this month's Class Spotlight. Um, if you are unfamiliar with this uh, segment or you're new to the podcast, this um, is something I try to do every month. Um, and it's a, it's a full episode dedicated to breaking down uh, a D&D class, one of the 12 from the Player's Handbook, giving you guys basic description, its strengths and weaknesses, some key features, summaries of its subclasses, and the play style it best fits. And these are created for um, new players especially, people who are um, more unfamiliar with the game and the classes and um, either don't have access to the Player's Handbook or don't have the time to scour through every single class in the Player's Handbook. Um, I don't get into the nitty-gritty rules and numbers of everything, um, but I do give like a basic overview and the things that I like and the things that I think are kind of bad and the things that I think are really good, and I think the kind of player who, who would like to play this class. Um, just so you guys listening um, you know, can figure out, maybe um, th- from listening to these different things, what class uh, suits you best and uh, what class your next character should be. Um, these are a lot of fun to do. Uh, I've talked to some of uh, the people who have listened to my podcast. They said these, this is some of their, their favorite episodes as well. Um, and I really enjoy doing these. So expect uh, another one every single month. So far, I'm going through the Player's Handbook in alphabetical order. Um, so next month should be the Monk, which I'm really excited about. Uh, that's one of my favorite classes. But this uh, week's is the Fighter. Um, this is a really cool class. Um, this is one of the most iconic classes in, in all of D&D. Um, and I'm really excited to get into this one. So, uh, let's go. Okay, so fighters, um, are kind of the most simple and complex class all at the same time. Um, a a fighter is one of Dungeons & Dragons' four iconic classes, um, alongside a rogue, cleric, and wizard. Um, since the game's first conception, um... All the way up until 5th edition, the, there's kind of been these four iconic classes um, that have kind of defined um, D&D uh, and, and character creation um, through every single edition. And the, the, those are Fighter, Rogue, Cleric, and Wizard. These four classes kind of cover the main bases when it comes to an adventuring party. They all have their own kind of own strengths and weaknesses that balance each other out when put together. Um, and um, the Fighter is kind of a strange one. Um, First of all, the name is the first weird thing that, um, for most people, the fact that it's called fighter, because technically, you know, all the classes are fighters, they do, they, you know, they, they fight in the game, everyone is always fighting uh, when it comes to combat, all the classes can do that, um, and I'm pretty sure it's just called a fighter because that was what it was called back in the 80s um, when it was first created, that's just the name they came up for it, and because it's stuck and because it's one of the most iconic classes, they've kind of just kept the name for that, um, but they are they are very very diverse. Um, they're kind of just masters of weapons and armor and strategy. Um, and a fighter is not just your regular run of the mill guard or bandit. Not just someone who just you know fights with like a sword or a spear or whatever. Um, a, a fighter is a trained brave warrior. Um, and the fighter class is very versatile and open to the focus you want. Um, do you want to play someone who? wields, you know, heavy weapons like great swords and mauls, or more dual weapons like two short swords or two hand crossbows? Do you want a fighter with range capabilities who can shoot a longbow and stuff like that? Um, fighters are basically just um, characters who specialize with, you know, weapons and are really strong in combat. Um, 
there is really no magic uh, in the class. They can't spellcast or anything like that. Um, there is something that has to do with spellcasting that I'll get into a little later that has to do with fighters. Um, but other than that, um, fighters are just kind of your uh, basic, strong, um, weapon-based uh, uh, combatant class. Um, they have access to their proficient with all the weapons, all the armor, all the shields, all of that kind of stuff they can use, um, which makes them really versatile um, and also just very strong. Fighters are, fighter, fighters are, are quite strong in 5th edition. Um, so they do have lots of options uh, to what kind of fighter you want to create. Um, because you're kind of proficient in every single you know weapon and armor and everything in the game, uh, you can kind of choose your focus, um, you know, more of kind of where it fits, the kind of character you want to create, the kind of um, role you want to play in combat and such. Um, so that's that's really nice for, for what a fighter can do. Um, moving on to its stereotypes and kind of strengths and weaknesses. Um, fighters really appear everywhere in pop culture, um, especially fantasy pop culture. Um, but because of their versatility and diversity, it's sometimes hard to figure out what the stereotypical fighter is. Um, I'd say someone who's like a veteran or like a well-trained combatant who focuses in, on weapons and armor rather than magic um, is more of like a classic, like uh, run like fighter, right? Characters like knights, archers, soldiers, bodyguards. Characters like that all fit into kind of the, the fighter um, class. Um, so most, you know, sword-wielding knights and soldiers and stuff in, in fantasy pop culture or whatever, um, you know, like... Most of the most of these these soldiers in like Lord of the Rings, uh, right? Like Gimli and Boromir, those are both like fighters, and like Jon Snow from Game of Thrones, he's probably a fighter. Like you know, soldiers, knights, stuff like that. Um, some would say that like archer doesn't totally fit into fighter and more fits into ranger, but I think I disagree. I don't think rangers totally have to be archers, um, and rangers are very much more focused to like you know tracking and hunting all that kind of stuff. I'll definitely get into rangers more when uh, I cover their class spotlight. Um, but I think definitely, like, you know, archers and just, you know, strong, specialized weapon combatants all fit into fighter. Um, so if at, at the beginning of the player's handbook, uh, the handbook chapter on fighter, they kind of have these descriptions of all, all these different, like, kind of fighters. Um, you know, someone in, like, huge plate mail with a shield and um, and a massive mace. And then another example of a fighter is, like, a live elf with like just leather armor, um, who's just n killing off goblins with with a bow from from behind. Um, a dwarf with a shield and heavy armor, deflecting blows with his shield. Um, while another, uh, you know, in kind of medium armor, is like just whirling around with their two swords. Um, gladiator with like a net and a trident. Uh, and there's there's another fighter who can you know summon a weapon and strike out with magical power. Like, all this kind of stuff fits into a fighter. Um, the magical character, kind of, I'll, I'll detail later. Um, so just, you know, there's a wide variety of what a fighter can be. Um, and because of that, a fighter has many strengths. Um, one is that it is, like I've mentioned before, just a very strong class uh, in combat. It has a high damage output. They deal lots of, they can deal lots of damage in combat. They have good health and armor class. They, can, they stay alive for very long. Um... They're, they are definitely one of the most powerful classes in 5th edition. Um, and another one of their strengths is their versatility, right? So you can decide what kind of fighter you want to be, depending on, on the needs of the party or the kind of fighter you want to be. Um, fighters are great party balancers, which means that, you know, you let's say you have a party of, uh, of four players, 
and three of them choose kind of, you know, a character that they want to be, whatever, a warlock, a rogue, a cleric, whatever it is, um, fighters are, are a good pick to kind of just balance out, to take that final slot, um, fix up any, any, any holes or any weaknesses the rest of the party may have, a fighter typically can cover that, um, just because they're good at so many different things, uh, and are just very strong. A fighter doesn't really have any obvious weaknesses. Um, like I said, I'd, I'd say magic would be one of them. Um, they don't have versatility in spellcasting, but one of the subclasses, which I'll touch on later, actually helps you with that anyway. Um, I'd say the fighter's biggest weakness is its lack of clarity and focus. Um, instead of you know forfeiting kind of a, a, a unique focus and and um, you know like place in combat to more versatility and all around strength. Um, typically in these class spotlights, I go on to, um, synergy that the class has with particular races or backgrounds, um, just kind of stereotypical, uh, races or backgrounds or whatever that, that fit the, the class or that might give it ability score increases and bonuses that would really help the class. Um, but fighters, like I said, they're much more versatile than any of the other, other classes. Um, you can kind of choose what kind of fighter you want to build, either strength-based heavy weapons and swords and armor and shields or dex based with like range weapons or quick dual wielding weapons um so depending on on which uh kind of fighter you want to play dex or strength should be your primary ability and i'd say probably constitution would be next um just you know to, to just get that extra health stay alive longer um or intelligence if you're going to be that uh, magic subclass I'll, t I'll talk about a bit later um so because you know, strength or dex can be the primary ability. Like, really, all races fit good into fighter. Um, once again, it, on that versatility, like, every race fits pretty good into fighter. Um, I'd say the worst races, though, would probably be gnome or tiefling because they don't give any physical buffs, no buffs to constitution or strength and dexterity. Um, but they both do give bonuses to intelligence, which, once again, is used for the spellcasting subclass. Um, I'd say the stereotypical background would be a soldier or folk hero, um, someone who you know, has fought a lot in their past and is used to combat uh, and, and you know, has a reason to be trained in the weapons and the armor and stuff that they have. Um, and I'd say the least stereotypical would be characters like a sage or a hermit. But once again, that's just stereotypes. You can totally build a hermit or a sage fighter. Um, you know, totally build a cool character like that. Uh, it, it's totally up to you. All right, I want to focus on a, a feature spotlight now. I want to talk about and focus on um, one of the fighter's um, cool features. Uh, they, they don't have actually have a lot of features. Um, the fighter is quite simplistic, um, but one of these features is, features is called fighting style. Um, a fighting style. The fighting style feature is actually not unique to fighters. Um, uh, paladins and rangers get, get it at second level. Um, fighters actually get this at first level, but um, also paladins and rangers have uh, less variety when it comes to the options they can choose. Um, but fighting style helps uh, fighters a lot, I think. It's really cool. You take it at first level, and it kind of helps to hone your your focus as a fighter. Um, so there's one. There's archery, defense, dueling, great weapon fighting, protection, two weapon fighting, and these all give a, a little bonus um, that kind of helps hone your focus. So if you ch take archery, you get a plus two bonus to attack rolls you make with range weapons. If you choose defense while you're wearing armor, you get a plus one bonus to AC. Two weapon fighting. While you're wielding two weapons, you can do more damage with your second weapon, all that kind of stuff. Just, just to kind of help hone your focus as a fighter. Um, I think this is a really nice touch, uh, definitely for first level. Um, just to kind of help players find their focus and hone their character more. Because 
like I've said, uh, the fighter is just, you know, very versatile and, and very diverse in, in what kinds of characters can come out of it and what kinds of things they can be. Um, I think this fighting style can be a good or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Um, the, the buffs are quite minimal. Um, they don't railroad a character down a certain path too much. Um, you know, the, the archery bonus, the defense bonus, the dueling bonus, all this kind of stuff is not super big or, or important. Um, it's, it's a little, it's a little bonus, a little buff, um, just to kind of help point you, uh, in that direction, but is not big enough or, or, you know, transformative enough that it really railroads a character into that kind of style, uh, fighting style in combat. Um, which I think can be a good or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. It can be a good thing because, um, because they're so minimal, you can still have that diversity and versatility if you want it. But if you're someone who would rather have an obvious and clear focus and be really strong in a certain area, these bonuses are, are far too minimal to really be able to, to get that. Um, so yeah, it, the, because the buff, the fact that the buffs are, are not too um, crazy and, and much more minimal can be a good or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Um, but personally, I think the fighting style feature is really nice. Um, I really like what it does um, for the class um, and definitely for people getting into fighter because, um, as you can probably tell, it's a little confusing exactly what it is. Um, I think it's one of the most confusing of all the classes um, because even though it's like the most simplistic, um, it's just, it's a very broad topic. Um, and so I think fighting style kind of helps players kind of hone that focus. Um, the next one I want to look at, the next uh, feature I want to spotlight that, that um, fighters get is something called Action Search. Uh, now, this is actually a feature unique to fighters. They get it at second level. No other class uh, ever unlocks this feature. And uh, the first thing I want to mention is that Action Surge is insanely powerful, um, especially at higher levels. Basically, what it is is um, you get this once per long rest um, until 17th level, but that's way down the line. Um, and basically what it is, is for free, you unlock for your turn an additional action and an additional bonus action. Um, oh no, excuse me, you regain it every short or long rest. So almost every single combat you can use your action surge, depending on how often you uh, you fight uh, in your campaign. You you guys have encounters. Um, but it's, it's very strong. Getting access to an additional uh, action and bonus action is quite powerful. Earlier levels, it basically just means like possibly like another attack usually. Um, but once you get unlock, you know, being able to get extra attack and you know being able to attack multiple times for each action, you can be making up to like seven attacks in one turn because of action surge, um, which is really crazy. It's it's a very strong ability, um, and I really really like it. I, I think it's really awesome, and I think it adds a little more spice into the fighter class. Um, though I think. Um, most people use it for just making like a ton of attacks in one turn, which is fine. I think using action surge to like do multiple different things during your turn is also really cool. Um, you know, attacking, also being able to heal yourself or maybe heal an ally, also move a great distance, all that kind of stuff in one turn because of the action action surge. Um, I think that's really interesting and can be really cool uh, in a battle. Um, though it is, you know, it, it's it's an obvious choice too, and it's it's. Uh, um, you know, a very powerful thing to just in one turn do like six attacks. Uh, it's super strong. Um, and the next uh, feature I want to spotlight is something called extra attack. Now, this uh, is what a fighter gets at fifth level. Uh, multiple other classes get this at fifth level: barbarian, um, ranger, paladin, 
I'm not sure if monks get it, um, but it's basically whenever you attack, you can attack twice. So whenever you take the attack action on your turn, you can also attack twice. The thing that makes the extra attack feature unique to a fighter is that most just get this at 5th level, helps them in combat, fine. But for fighters, when you reach 11th level, you can make 3 attacks for each attack action. When you reach 20th level, you can make 4 attacks for each attack action. So fighters just get, this ability just gets even better and better for fighters, because they can just keep on making more and more attacks um, for just taking one action to make the attack. And going back to the action surge, right, if they're making 4 attacks at 20th level for each action, um, they use, and the action surge gives them two actions, right? They're making eight attacks. Um, plus, they also have two bonus actions that turn, which, depending on what kind of weapons they're using, could also be used to make, like, two more attacks. Um, so, um, the extra attack feature is really uh, good for fighters because it keeps getting better and better, um, and it works really well in tandem with the action surge ability. Um, the, the fighter does have a couple more features for them. Um, most of them are just pretty simplistic and simple, just help make them a little more stronger in combat. I'm not going to go over them, though um, they're, you know, they're, not, they're not too interesting. Um, so now I'm going to get into the subclasses of the fighter. The first is, is the one called the champion. Um, and the description that they give of the champion is really, um, really confusing. It doesn't really have a focus. Um, it just kind of just says that they are strong... They're, they're strong combatants. Um, so, yeah. I, the champion doesn't get a ton of description of really why what its focus is. Um, because that's what a, you know, what a, what a subclass is supposed to do when a class gives you more of a, a niche focus. Um, the champion just kind of makes you just a more stronger fighter, I guess. Um, it's, it's very basic. Um, the features it gives are, are very basic. They're, they're they're pretty strong. Uh, I think the I think the power level of this subclass is pretty average, um, pretty balanced. Um, it doesn't give it the features it gives aren't too crazy um, or you know too weak, um, and so I think it's it's quite good for new players because of the simplicity um, and you know just like oh I choose this archetype um, I choose this subclass because it's just going to make me a stronger fighter, um, which you know is is fine and cool. Um, they're also it, one of the main features you get is an improved critical, so you can score a critical hit on a roll of 19 or 20 instead of just 20, and at 15th level, 18, 19, or 20 instead of just 20, um, which is you know cutting your chances of getting a critical hit in half and then a third, um, which is quite strong. So you'll be critting much, uh, critical hitting much more when you choose the champion, and I think that's pr that's a pretty neat ability. Um, once again, pretty simplistic. Um, nothing too confusing, but, you know, pretty strong. So that's the champion. The next um, martial arch archetype, um, which is what you call fighter subclasses, is the Battlemaster. Um, the Battlemaster has much more of a description of kind of what it is and what its focus is. Essentially, a Battlemaster is someone who uses, like, their intelligence and, and what they've learned about strategy and combat um, to gain tactical advantages um, on the battlefield. So, you know, you get, like, proficiency with, like, calligrapher's tools or whatever. Um, kind of an artisan's tool of your your choice. Um, so the Battlemaster is kind of a fighter who has um, spent their time um, also learning about the art of war and the art of, of strategy and tactics instead of just fighting on the battlefield. Um, and this subclass is much more complex than the champion. 
Um, it has to do with being able to like choose different options. You can switch these options around. Um, it's a little more detailed than, than the champion. Um, and it's probably the most fun for experienced players um, because it does make you stronger as a fighter, but gives you much more options during combat. Um, but for new players, it may come across a little too complex. Um, also, it is very, very powerful and strong. Um, it is <laughs> really, really strong. Um, and so, Dungeon Masters, if one of your players is a Battle Master, uh, you may want to nerf it a little bit just because it is quite, quite powerful. Um, basically, what it is is you gain access to these things called maneuvers, which are all these different little tactical abilities. You gain access to three of, of your choice. There's like 15 of them. Um, and they do little things like being able to disarm an opponent or command an ally to strike an opponent or goad an opponent or parry an attack or push someone back with your attack or you know trip someone with your attack whatever it is um these cool little tactical maneuvers during combat um they're all they're all, they're all pretty they're all pretty um balanced and, and and interesting depending on the the kind of things you want to be able to do during combat um but what's crazy about the the subclass is you gain access to superiority dice um you have four of them and they are all d8s and whenever you want to use a maneuver you have to expend a superiority dice and depending on the maneuver you choose you roll the superiority dice and add that to maybe your AC or the damage of that attack or the attack roll or what, or you may regain that many hit points or whatever it is. Um, and once you've expended all four superiority dice, you can't do any maneuvers anymore. However, you um, you gain you regain all your expended superiority dice whenever you finish a short or long rest. So once again, depending on how often you guys fight in your campaign, you're probably going to be using a maneuver and expending a superior dice every single turn um, because you have four of them and you gain access to a fifth at seventh and a sixth at fifth, 15th level. Um, you know, it's quite common for you to only have five or six turns in, in one combat. And because you have four of these and then five and then six, you might be able to, you know, be expending a superior dice every single turn. Um, and, you know, right after that, you might take a short rest and you gain access to all of them all over again. Um, plus, your superior dice increase from D8s to D10s and then D12s at higher levels. Um, and so it is just a very, um, very strong uh, ability because, um, you know, we're able to make these maneuvers almost every single turn. Not only do they, you know, disarm an opponent or trip an opponent or, you know, frighten an opponent, but you're also rolling these dice and adding them to the damage or to your AC or something crazy. It's very strong. Um, it's very powerful. Uh, I really like that it adds versatility and choice during combat. Because the fighter can become a very bland um, class after playing it for a while, in combat you kind of just do the same thing. Either run towards the nearest opponent and whack him with your sword, or shoot the nearest opponent with the bow and arrow. Whatever it is, just you do that every single turn. That can get a little bland and repetitive. The Battlemaster and the maneuvers, I think, um, are really cool and help uh, give you a little more tactical choices during combat. Um, than what a fighter would usually get. So I really like that this that this exists and and you know is available for more experienced players who want to spice up their combat and have a little more fun um, and have more choices. Um, but I think it's just a little too strong um, and and quite powerful. So uh, you know if you're a DM or you're a player and you found that this subclass and these abilities are getting way too strong, um, figure out some way to nerf them or or just just you know 
maybe give them one less superiority dice or change the superiorities to d6s instead of d8s or whatever it is, um, just to kind of balance it out a little bit because I think it's, it's very powerful. Um, it, it's a very strong uh, subclass with lots of strong abilities. Okay, the third subclass we're going to be looking at is the Eldritch Knight. Um, this is a really cool one. It basically gives fighters access to spellcasting. It's not a lot of spellcasting. Uh, it's very, very little spellcasting. You don't get access to very high-level spells or very many spells. Um, but if you're a fighter and you want to just get that extra edge in combat, uh, you know, being able to cast just a couple little, you know, smaller spells to just, you know, either heal yourself or buff an opponent. I mean, sorry, or buff an ally or buff yourself or be able to, you know, shoot a ranged blast like an Eldritch Blast or a Firebolt or something like that. Um, it's it's nice. I, I think the Eldritch Knight is also quite balanced um and the power the power level is is right where it should be um once again it because of spellcasting it's a little complex um so if you're a very new player and you're scared of spellcasting and that seems too complex for you then don't take the Eldritch Knight because spellcasting works the same as it does in all the other classes and it's you know I don't think spellcasting is super confusing or complex for new players but um for for some it, it can be be a little overwhelming and such so um, I'd suggest this subclass to to someone who's already quite familiar with the game, quite familiar with spellcasting, someone who's played spellcaster before, perhaps. Um, and uh, once again, there's not a lot of spellcasting gives you access to, um, but I, I think it's it's pretty nice. It gives you access. You can you can learn a lot of different spells of your choice because um, it gives you access to the wizard spell list, and the wizards know know tons of tons of spells. Um, it uses intelligence as the spellcasting ability. Um, so if you're going to be an elder tonight, make sure you make your intelligence your second highest score. Um, and, uh, the features it gives, uh, it gives are actually really cool. Um, my favorite is Weapon Bond. This is what you get when you first choose the, the, uh, the subclass. And basically, you can, like, bond, uh, your main weapon, whatever it is you use the most with yourself, and you can kind of make it vanish or appear into your hands whenever you want, um, which I think is really cool in flavor, and also could be quite useful, uh, you know, in in the story as well, being able to make a weapon vanish and then reappear in your hand whenever you need it to, um, you know, not only not having to carry that weapon, but you know, being able to go into a place where they check for weapons you don't have any, but once you get inside, you can summon it. Um, that's really dope. And it also gives you the ability to, um, you know, if you cast a spell with your bonus action, you can also make a weapon attack. Just you know, making the 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 combo with spellcasting plus weapon fighting, um, you know, nicer. And, and, you know, tightening that, I think, is really cool. Um, once again, power level, I think, is, is right where it should be. It's pretty average. Um, not super strong or super weak. Um, but I think Eldritch Knight is a really cool subclass. If I was to play a fighter, I'd probably play the Eldritch Knight subclass. Um, just because, you know, I like the versatility um, that spellcasting provides. Okay, that is the subclasses. Um, now let's move on to the playstyle. What kind of playstyle it best fits? Um... First thing I want to say is that fighters are pretty bland. Um, maybe the most bland of any of the classes, actually. Um, and this this simplicity um, makes them good for new players, but it can also mean that playing a fighter for an extended period of time can get really laborious and boring. Um, also, their theme, their flavor of what they are is weak and basic. Doesn't really inspire much in a player, as much as like a warlock or a rogue or a ranger might, um, you know, kind of inspire players of the kind of character they want to build. Um, fighters are, the descriptions and stuff are very bland and simple. They're not, it's not a super interesting class. Um, it, it's very strong, 
And I think there's lots of cool characters that can, that can come out of it. You can have a really cool character that's a fighter for sure. Um, but just for new players, it doesn't inspire much. Um, but it also is good for new players because of the simplicity. Um, it's very easy to slip into a fighter uh, straight off the bat. Weapon fighting is very simple and obvious. Um, their feature, none of their features are really too complex. They're all quite simple and just give them little, little buffs, um, to make them more valuable in combat. Um, and also the subclasses are all quite nice and, and unique in their own ways. Um, I think fighter is a good choice for someone who likes to pick up the weak spots of a party after everyone else has chosen. Um, I see that happen a lot. Like when you first starting campaign, there's a cut like, you know, the majority of the players already kind of know what kind of class or what kind of race they want to play. And there sometimes there's like one or two players who don't like to decide who they want to play until they see what everyone else plays so they can pick up the weak points of the party to help balance it out. Um, so for people like that, fighter is always a really good option because they're just all they're all around strength and they're all around versatility. Um, thanks them really good to fill in that weak spot um, of a party. And they're also good for very small parties um, because um, small parties have, you know, can be less balanced because they don't have as much people to cover all the different bases. Um, a fighter, once again, because of the versatility, can cover all lots of bases at once, so they're also very good for small parties. Um, new players who want to feel awesome during combat, do lots of damage, stay alive, I think they can really enjoy the fighter. Um, players who like to build more unique characters, they like to have options each turn, they like to be able to have um, you know, tons of different things they can do during combat, and every single combat is, is fun and exciting and fresh, and, uh, you know, they have lots of choices and stuff. I would say Fighter is not for you, um, if you're someone who enjoys that. I would say go more for a spellcasting class or something like a monk, um, you know, who has access to tons of different things they can do during their turn, tons of different options. Um, a Fighter, basically, if you want the Fighter to be the most strong in combat, you kind of just have to do the same thing over and over again, which is, like, just hit the nearest guy with a weapon or something like that. Um, I think, once again, it's, it's focus and stuff. It's kind of all over the place. It's not super, um, you know, you know, focused. And once again, that helps it be versatile, but also can, um, you know, make it hard for players to feel unique or feel cool or have a ton of fun during combat, um, just because of kind of how simplistic and bland the class is. Um, I think fighter is great for new players and for people who like to feel good during combat, feel like they're doing lots of stuff during combat. Um, fighter is definitely a good option for those kinds of people. But if you're someone who prefers to have options during combat, play a more unique, um, flavorful character, um, I'd say fighter is, is just not in that area for you. Um, one thing I also suggest is the subclasses are kind of, they're, they're pretty cool, they're nice. Um, but if you want to have more of a focus in your character's theme and their flavor, and also kind of get that extra spice uh, and those options during combat, look for more homebrew um, or or Unearthed Arcana subclasses online. Um, Wizards of the Coast, if you're, if you're not aware, has um, something called Unearthed Arcana, which they release every month or so. Um, just these PDFs of just some test material, new subclasses for, for you know whatever class they're making um, that have pretty honed focuses and flavors. Um, they might not be super balanced because of their test material, um, but you may want to look into those um, to, you know, for, for your fighter subclass just to increase their flavor and such. Um, I actually do have experience with a fighter. I did play a fighter when my friend was running an Out of the Abyss campaign. Um, 
and I played a fighter because I wanted to play the gunslinger um, subclass. Um, Matthew Mercer, the dungeon master of the amazing show Critical Role, um, he made uh, a fighter subclass called Gunslinger um, for one of the characters in the show, um, and I really liked it. I liked the idea of like a tinkerer, you know, person who makes guns, and I, I just really liked the whole concept. So because I wanted to play that kind of character, I liked that flavor. I liked that, um, you know, that kind of character design. Um, I played a fighter because that was the fighter subclass, um, and that was really cool. I combat didn't get too laboring, uh, laborious or, or boring. Um, granted, we didn't play tons of sessions of that campaign, um, but I think if you have a subclass or or a focus that you think um, with, has a really interesting flavor and a cool flavor that you can um, really vibe with for a long time, then playing a fighter can actually be really fun uh, and cool. Um, so yeah, it's kind of up to you and what you want to look for and the kind of character you want to play. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. This one uh, was a little shorter um, than some of my other ones. Um, but hopefully you guys, uh, you know, heard what you needed to hear. Um, if you listen to this and you're like, oh, the fighter isn't really for me, that's totally fine. Glad you listened to this um, before jumping into that. Or maybe you listened to this and were like, hey, fighters sound really cool and I'm kind of a new player. D&D seems kind of, con- con- kind of complex and this seems to be the most simplistic um, class. Then... Great. Thank you so much for listening. I'm glad you were able to find out um, the next class you want to play in your campaign. Uh, That's really cool. Um, Once again, guys, it would help out a lot if you're able to kind of share this podcast with uh, other people you know who may be into D&D or to get some of your friends who you want to play D&D into the game. You can show them this podcast, get them started. Uh, It really means a lot to me for, you know, new new people to be able to come in and on, you know, your support and all that. Um, once again, you can follow uh, the Instagram at d20 underscore academy. Um, I put on, you know, I get tons of different posts and story things um, all, uh, all throughout the week. Tips and tricks and updates on the podcast and all that kind of stuff um, is all on the Instagram. So if you want to keep up with that, if you want to get updates, if you want to be, you know, also have a say in what gets said in the podcast, you want to suggest things for upcoming videos uh, or sorry, upcoming podcasts and such go ahead and follow the Instagram. Uh, I really want to connect with you guys on there. Uh, really, you know, collaborate with you guys and see what we can do to make this podcast and make D20 Academy uh, even better. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, and I will see you again next week. Mm-hmm.